Welcome to the Inspired to Thrive podcast, where parents, entrepreneurs, and business owners come to learn tips, tricks, and attitudes to create a thriving life by their design. I am your host, Daniel Garbett, former personal trainer, now international speaker and mentor, co-founder of the Thrive Academy, specializing in leadership, transformation, and helping people just like you thrive in all areas of their life. Each and every week, I will bring you the most inspirational guests who will share their stories, wisdom, tips, and tricks on how they've been able to create a life by their design. Here at Inspired to Thrive, we're committed to inspire and educate you to thrive in all areas of your life with purpose, on purpose. Welcome to another episode of the Inspired to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Garbett, and this episode is titled Behaving Your Way to Optimal Health. And so in this podcast, I want to share a little bit about my story, a little bit about my journey from 120 kilos, maybe more, uh, and back again, and how by changing psychology, I'm actually laying the foundation for future success. And so you might be asking a question, did he just say 120 kilos and back again? And that's correct because there was a moment in my life where, you know, I, you know, potentially could have been more than 120 kilos. I didn't actually check, but I just started, you know, improving my health. And at some point I just jumped on the scales and I was around that 117 mark. Uh, And a little bit later in this podcast, I'm actually going to share some of the steps I made in the journey from going from that point down to 79 kilos. But the thing is, I didn't really lay the psychological foundations to sustain that change. And therefore, over the course of, you know, three to four years, I actually rebounded to a point where I was around 118 kilos. And, you know, that was... uh, quite embarrassing it was quite shameful um however you know it it is what happened and it showed me that i didn't actually lay those foundations correctly the first time and it gave me that opportunity to discover what i did wrong and so in my learnings in my discovery uh of you know rebounding back to that weight uh, I've discovered some lessons. And so in this podcast, I want to share with you some of the lessons that I've learned. And it really is surrounding that core philosophy of you have to behave your way to optimal health. Okay, there's no shortcuts. You have to behave it. You have to show up. You have to do the work. All right, and it's through that behaving that the true changes make take place. And so... I just want to take you back to when I first made that decision to improve my health. And to give you a little bit of backstory about my history growing up, like, you know, I was quite overweight. I wasn't a super athletic kid. I, um, you know, going through primary school, if I was to look back at the, the photos of myself in preschool and primary school, I was really obese. Um, you know, I wasn't a very... Uh, outgoing playful kid i did enjoy getting out and uh you know 
you know, playing outside. We used to have a creek down the back of our house where we grew up. So, you know, we went down there swimming, had motorbikes, you know, done like played a little bit of footy, um, loved playing outdoors and stuff like that. But it wasn't something that I did a lot of. And, you know, more often than not as a child, my behavior was more so vegging out on the couch playing some video games or watching some TV. And, you know, every now and then I'd go and play outside and whatnot. But that was a little bit of me as a kid, um, reflecting through my life. Like I said, through primary school, I was quite obese. High school, uh, I was quite overweight. And I remember when I was 13, I jumped on the scales at school when we had to do our body mass index uh, uh, calculation and you know by any means I'm not really a fan of the body mass index but what happened was I jumped on the scales and I jumped on the scales and you know I just remember that feeling before jumping on the scales I was actually the last person to hop on because I was so embarrassed about what my number was going to be because all the other kids in the class were you know standing around that scale and uh, wanting to see who weighed what and whatever so I was very uh, like I was holding myself back in that moment and I remember I was that last kid to jump on the scales and a friend of mine at the time was standing right beside the scales and I was like, oh, look, I can't put this off any longer. I've actually got to hop on the scales here. And um, yeah, I stood on the scales and I was 100 kilos. And the feeling that I got in my stomach was just horrific. I felt like my stomach just dropped through the floor, just had this heavy, dense feeling. Uh, and I was so embarrassed and I was thankful that it was only my friend at the time, Jacob, who was standing beside me, uh, rather than the whole class. All right. Just having a sip of a cappuccino. I recently got a cappuccino machine and, uh, really loving it. And so, uh, it was at that moment when I was 13, when I was like, holy shit, I've got to do something about my health because this is ridiculous. 100 kilos at 13 years old. I wasn't overly tall either. Like my current height now is, uh, what, like 5'7", 5'8", or something like that. Um, you know, so as 13-year-old, I wasn't like a tall kid. So a lot of it was like, you know, body fat. And, um, you know, I had a chat to Jacob because he played footy and he's quite athletic. I was like, look, what do I do, man? Like, I uh, I don't feel like this is healthy at all. And he, and he suggested, he's like, you know, get outside and just, you know, push a trampoline up and down the yard. And I was like, oh, yeah, that doesn't seem fun. I'll do it, though. And I started it. But then uh, what I decided to do is just join a gym. So pretty well from 13 to my life now, I've been in and out of the gym like uh, – I was fairly consistent for the first seven years of my uh, of my gym gym life. You know, from thirteen to twenty, um, I I transformed my health quite well. I was, you know, quite athletic, just just doing weights, and then I got into some functional fitness, and I was really loving that. Uh, there were some core areas of my life that were uh, missing, like I didn't have a strong. Uh, social social circle uh, you know I didn't have a girlfriend at the time and you know I felt like in my mind I was still viewing life as I was missing out on quite a lot and so I wasn't really being aware of those changes I was making in the gym and you know long story short um, you know I started going out with friends drinking more uh, which is something that I wasn't really a fan of you know through my early 
early 20s or sorry my late teens first couple of years of my 20s but you know I felt like because I wanted to you know improve my social circle and you know start you know meeting more women then I wanted to go out which is you know what most young men want to do and I felt like that had a negative impact on my health again not only that I feel like it more so impacted my mental health because I noticed that I started to sink into some destructive thought patterns and, uh, you know, started getting like angry at a lot of people. And at that moment in my life, I was also working with my father in the family business. He owns a transport company. He's uh, retired now, but at the time he owned a transport company and I was driving a truck for him. And, you know, he very much wanted me to be a part of that business, but, uh, you know, for, for me, I was seeing uh, how hard he was doing things in the business where, you know, with fresh eyes, I saw some different ways that he could potentially approach that. However, you know, I was also young and naive at the time. But at the end of the day, we were clashing and I ended up moving overseas, uh, lived overseas for a few years, backpacking, working as a dive instructor on the Caribbean, great time in my life, came home after those few years and dropped back into those old behaviors of going out, drinking, riding myself off most weekends. And so as you could imagine, that behavior would just lead me to more ill health, more destructive thought patterns, more destructive behavior. And, you know, 10 months later, you know, here I am catching up with some friends and we went to Dreamworld, which is a theme park on the Gold Coast here in Australia. And we went to the, the uh, on a water slide and I went down the water slide, right? No shirt on, just a pair of board shorts. And we get a photo in this, uh, on this ride. And I just see myself as this big, fat, overweight mess. And, you know, at the time I had just met this girl who I was really into and uh, I thought to myself, this is just ridiculous. You know, here yet again, I'm feeling ashamed and embarrassed about my weight. You know, I've got this girl who I've just met who I really uh, like and, and am attracted to and here I am behaving this destructive behavior of drinking, going out weekends, writing myself off, not having motivation, not having drive to improve my health and just letting the days pass me by. And so seeing that photo of myself on that ride at the theme park as a big overweight mess, I was like, all right, this is the time. I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a change. And to be honest, this was quite a monumental time in my life because I did make some monumental changes and it really highlighted to me the importance of psychology. I didn't quite understand it completely at the time. However, uh, it allowed me to start diving deeper into psychology. And so uh, at that time, you know, I started, I employed the services of a personal trainer, uh, a good friend of mine now, James, here on the Gold Coast, James Wright. Check him out. He's an amazing calisthenics coach. All right. But um, yeah, I, uh, I enlisted the services of James and we began training and I was training three days a week with him initially, uh, just doing you know weights and functional fitness out of a gym here on uh, in northern New South Wales. And you know I started to really come up against some barriers because if you could imagine, uh, you know, a, a, a guy mid-20s, uh, 
you know, who's gone from going out partying most weekends, all right, to quitting almost cold turkey, all right, with the alcohol and the party drugs and, um, you know, uh, starting to work out, you know, that initial phase of making that change does not feel good. All right, and that goes for everything in life. The, the the first time that you start out doing something, it doesn't feel good. All right, and that's purely because you know you're 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 not uh, fulfilling those old rewards that your psychology is wired for. All right, because and this is something that we can dive deeper into another into another podcast in relation to reward cycles and things like that. But essentially, the the behaviors that you've followed through with, like, you know, just say for me, like, uh, I've got a cup of coffee here sitting next to me now, so I'll talk about coffee. All right, in the morning, I uh, I feel amazing when I wake up in the morning. I, you know, am excited for my day. I'm motivated for my day. I'm inspired for the work that I do and the, the life that I live. I'm really inspired about those things. And so those are signals that, you know, health is you know, being experienced in my opinion. However, you know, for the purpose of this, you know, I wake up and like I said, I recently got a cappuccino uh, espresso machine. And so I have this thought that pops into my mind of like going out and making a cappuccino. You know, I love the smell of coffee. You know, I really love coffee. And uh, I don't drink a lot of it, but I just enjoy the smell and taste of coffee. And so in the mornings, I get that thought of, all right, coffee. And so that habit of having coffee in the morning, I have the thought, I go and make the coffee. And the moment I make the coffee and take a sip, that habit has been fulfilled. And therefore, the reward has been met. When you make changes in your life, you are choosing to not fulfill old habits. You're choosing to take new action instead. And because it's new actions, your body isn't yet entrained for the rewards that you're receiving for those new habits. And so for me, when I uh, first began training, you know, giving up the party life and, uh, you know, choosing to move out of that overweight fat mess of, uh, of me, what I was at that point, you know, I was doing new actions. I was doing, had new behaviors. I was fulfilling new habits or creating new habits. And at the start, it didn't it didn't feel good. I had withdrawal. I like, you know, I didn't understand it at the time, but I was, you know, heavily depressed. I was, uh, you know, feeling quite anxious. I um, felt like I was had to withdraw from my old, um, from a lot of those friends at the time. And, you know, I felt quite lost because I was like, all right, well, this, this was my life and what the hell is it now? And I think it's I think it's a really beautiful thing to know that you know you're going through those moments of feeling lost in life because you know you can get caught up in the feeling of being lost and you know uh, make that have some negative impact on your identity uh, you know not knowing who the hell you are or not knowing uh, how the hell you're going to move forward or what the hell life means to you now and you know you're letting go of all of those old meanings and identities in life and you know it can feel a little bit uncomfortable at at the time and um you know i definitely felt that however reflecting on it now it's such a beautiful place to live in because if you're feeling 
uh, lost, it means you're in new territory. And if you're in new territory, it means that you're, you know, getting outside your comfort zones. And if you're getting outside your comfort zones, it means that you're learning, means that you're growing, it means that you're, you know, transforming. And so that from that moment in my life, I started to begin to realize that uncertainty is something that is a good thing. It means that, you know, you're moving into that new territory. I began to learn that feeling uncomfortable was also a positive thing as well because if you're feeling uncomfortable, it means you're getting outside your comfort zones and that's literally what you have to do when you want to behave your way to optimal health. All right. So... Like I said at the beginning, it did not feel good. But what I did is I just committed to showing up. I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to show up. All right. And what happens over time is, you know, as you're showing up, all right, you begin to have more energy for showing up next time. And not only that, all right, when you start to become aware of them benefits that you're getting from showing up then it gives you more uh, motivation and not only motivation, it gives you more of a reward for showing up next time. And I wasn't completely aware of that process at that time, but all I knew was I was starting to feel better. I was starting to feel like, you know, I was falling in love in, with life again. And um, it was beautiful. And I actually... Uh, I quit my job at the time, and by all, by all means, I don't mean uh, I don't mean to say that you have to quit your job and to behave your way to optimal health. That's completely incorrect. But for me, I quit my job at that time and allowed myself to fully sink into this self exploration process. I uh, you know start to explore about explore what was important to me. I start thinking about all right, well, what is important to me? Health is really important to me. Something that I know is uh, having a positive influence in my lo- on my life, and I was feeling better because of it. And so I started putting more of my attention on health, okay, and allowed myself to become as healthy as I could. However, this is what caught me out at the time. This is why I rebounded from that point, okay, back up to 118 kilos. So, at the beginning of this podcast, I said that at the early, in my early twenties, I didn't have a strong social uh, network. I felt like I was a bit of a out, outcast to society, so to speak. All right, I was very much in my own lane, you know, uh, going my own way in life. And if I was to reflect on my late teens, early twenties, I was in great health. I was, you know, making ton of money, um, but I felt like there was a couple of things missing and that was having a strong social, uh, social circle and I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. And so f- at that point, I felt like I didn't have the attention on me that I wanted. I didn't feel like I was getting the acceptance in life that I wanted from people outside of myself. And so that's why I began going out, you know, drinking on weekends and whatnot. And so when I began improving my health and I went, you know, from 120 kilos, I, you know, consistently dropped weight every week. 
all right, to the point where I got down to 79 kilos. Oh, well, it was about 84 initially, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the next phase in a moment. All right, but I went all the way down to about 84 kilos, and what I started to love was the attention that I was getting off other people. I was, you know, getting all of these comments, you know, on social media when I was sharing some transformational pictures of myself. I was loving that attention that I was getting. And so all of a sudden, rather than, you know, this transformation being uh, completely about, you know, the about me and the the health that I was experiencing, it began, it began to change into the... Uh, attention that I was getting off other people and the praise that I was getting off other people because that obviously makes a person feel good too, right? You know, there's no, almost no one in this world that would say that they don't like the feeling of uh, people praising them. Well, that's completely incorrect as well, actually. That can be incorrect. Um, people love attention. People love this spotlight put on them, Okay. And so that's what I was starting to make this transformation about. Started to, you know, uh, make this something. Make this something about the importance of me in relation to other people. And that's what really caught me up, because no longer was I doing it for the love of health. I was actually starting to do it for the love of the attention. Okay, and this is where psychology starts to come into it, because, you know what began to happen was that had power over me and you know i ended up you know leaving one relationship and uh got into another one and the relationship that i the new relationship that i got in was a little bit toxic and we were clashing and uh you know there was a few problems in that relationship and you know uh, what happened was I started to take importance off my training because ultimately what I wanted was to, um, you know, seek that approval of others and, you know, gain that uh, acceptance of others. Because, and so since the relationship wasn't actually working that well and I felt like uh, I wasn't receiving that attention or that praise of my partner at the time, I felt that I needed to scale back my training and scale back the attention and behaviors I was placing on health and then instead put it on pleasing other people. And this is what really caught me up. It was pleasing other people, okay? And the few years that followed that, you know, I obviously left that relationship and, um, you know, ended up meeting this beautiful woman uh, I don't know how it happened, but we are together still today, my fiance, Michaela, and we got together. And, you know, she was a personal trainer at the time, as was I. And, um, you know, we began, you know, training together, um, you know, being healthy together. And, you know, I started placing more attention back on health again, which was really, really nice. However, I wasn't fully aware of how I could then manage my energy in a way that, you know, I could balance being in a long-term relationship, balance, you know, fulfilling my own needs. I just launched a business, 
as well. So how could I balance my energy to make sure my business was growing? And there was all of these, almost like these strings pulling on my attention. Keyword there is attention. And what happened was I was taking my attention off the core behaviors that were leading me to optimal health. All right. And slowly over the course of, you know, three to four years, my weight crept back up to 120 kilos or 118 kilos, sorry. Um, in that time, you know, I closed the business down, COVID happened, um, you know, hit a bit of financial crisis and, you know, stress came in and, you know, when there's stressors in life, those things grab attention from you and conflict with your goals and desires. And so the more stress I had in my life, I realized that the less attention I had for behaving my way to optimal health. All right, now I realized, you know, even if I was showing up in the gym or even if I was health, like trying to eat healthy, it was almost like I was not even uh, progressing towards my goals. You know, I'd say to myself that, you know, as long as I showed up in the gym, um, and you know, showed up in the gym and then everything would be all right. But the thing was like I showed up in the gym and I didn't really do the, the required work to, you know, achieve my goals. And not only that, I would leave the gym and think that it was, you know, okay to eat a shit ton of sugar to like afterwards and thinking that it was all going to be okay because I was training that day. It's just a wrong mentality to have because ultimately it doesn't doesn't lead you to the result. You know, I had those cravings for sugar because of the stress and all of a sudden I started to behave stressed rather than behaving health. So let's start diving into like, you know, the driving forces behind our behavior and the driving forces behind our actions. You know, ultimately, like, have you ever considered why you do the things that you do in life? Have you ever considered, you know, what is it that gives you that thought or the motivation to get up and go do something? Ultimately, when we trace it all back, it comes to our goals and desires, you know, and these are sometimes things you are conscious of or sometimes there's, or more often than not, there's unconscious goals and desires deep down that are really leading or directing your life. And for me, at one point in my life, it was pleasing others, seeking the appraisal, uh, the praise and acceptance of others. All right, I was completely unconscious to it at the time, but that's why I was doing some of the things that I was doing in life. All right, and so ultimately our goals and desires are what drive our actions. They drive our behaviors, all right? But where do those goals and desires come from? Well, you know, some of those goals and some of those desires actually come from our genes, like our uh, our physical makeup. For instance, you know, men out there having the desire to, um, you know, go and have sex with a woman, it's like, where does that come from? Or where does our goal or desire come to procreate? Like as a species, humans want to procreate. That's like a 
hardwired thing. Obviously, we can choose consciously choose not to have kids and we can consciously choose not to have sex, but obviously there's some sort of internal drive that is goes beyond our thinking that, you know, gives us that desire. You know, we most people have that goal or desire to gain some sort of status within society. And again, you know, even if we were to look at other animals in the in the ecosystem it's like there's that sense of wanting or that sense of gaining that status in the in the herd all right to be in a more advantageous position and so that plays out in with you know people as well long story short there are goals and desires that come from our own physiology however there's also a big amount of goals and desires that also come from our conditioning and so conditioning what that means is uh ultimately it comes from our experiences in life all right so for instance and when i say experiences from life uh external external experiences that have uh impacted us throughout life for instance you know as a young child if you're grown if you grew up in a household where um, where you know uh, having the best of everything was held in a high regard okay so for instance you know uh, material possessions were held in a high regard and, and because you have certain material possessions that means that you're better than other people or it means that you're doing better in life all right. If you're exposed to those types of conditions as a uh, young child, all right, you will begin to have these unconscious patterns play out in your life whereby you may think that you need to have the best car or the best house or the best clothes or the best X, Y, and Z in order to know that you are you know, successful or, or in order to you know, gain that acceptance of other people, whatever it may be, right? But ultimately, it's those conditions that play out in your younger years that impact your unconscious goals and desires in your later years or can, you know, impact those things. For instance, another example would be um, if, if you grew up in a family where every Sunday... Uh, your family went and did something together as a family and, you know, um, the whole purpose or intention of that event was to, you know, enjoy each other's company and um, have adventure out in the great outdoors and, you know, immerse yourself in nature and, um, you know, learn about different things in life or whatever it may be. As an adult, chances are that that same child would want to have this unconscious or would, would have this unconscious goal or desire to, you know, explore the world or, um, you know, live a uh, more active life where you're exploring nature and things like that. It's like ultimately those behaviors and those, that conditioning from a young age can impact what you do later on in life. All right. Not only that, all right, the impact of social conditioning, society's conditioning on you. All right. Um, you know, through TVs, uh, news articles, today, social media and all of those things, you know, seeing what famous people get praised for or seeing what um, things the news channels say are important and all that crap, right? 
that stuff can impact your goals and desires because all of a sudden you'd be like, all right, well, if I want to get, if I want to be liked by other people, then I've got to go out and get a photo with a Lamborghini. All right, and you can see that so much on social media, right? Uh, especially in the coaching industry, you know, coaches will go out and uh, you know get a photo with a Lamborghini, pose as it being their their car, and saying how crash hot their business is, but they've probably rented it for a day, right? <laughs> um, or you know, how many women do you know of that? think that the only way that they're going to get attention off guys is to go get a lip job, fake boobs or, you know, get Botox or something like that, right? Um, you know, those things just play out in life, right? But it's coming from a social conditioning point of view. So that social conditioning can affect your goals and desires in life, all right? And this stuff can be completely unconscious to you. This stuff can, uh, you know, just be playing out in the background of your mind. You may even not know why you do the things that you do in life and that's totally okay it's a uh, you know a perfectly fine place to be in but the matter of this podcast is the more that you can reclaim your consciousness and the more that you can become conscious of those driving forces behind your actions and uh, direct those driving forces behind your actions to the results that you want then the more empowered life you're going to be and the bigger changes that you're going to make in life all right, but you know the the core of this podcast is I want to give you some tools, skills, and strategies so that you can actually behave your way to optimal health, and not only that, behave your way to whatever result you want in life. Because ultimately, these strategies can be applied to any area of your life. So, for now, I want you to just understand that ultimately, it's your goals and desires that are driving are the driving force behind your actions. And your goals and desires ultimately come from your conditioning through life. Some come from your physiology. However, the core of your goals and desires actually come from the conditioning that you've been exposed to over the course of your life. And I want you to also understand that these play, can play out in a, on a completely unconscious level, meaning that you may not even be aware of why you're doing the things that you're doing in life, and that's completely okay. But what I want to dive into now is like, you know, what does it mean to experience thoughts, feelings, and uh, emotions in the body? Well, like ultimately, your thoughts and feelings are you know, information that is being perceived and picked up both from internal sources within the body, like uh, different physiological responses or physiological things are happening in your body. For instance, like the rate of your breathing and, you know, your heart rate and things like that. Because uh, they're all giving you pieces of information that's being sent up to the brain that's influencing the thoughts that you're having all right uh you know even the sensation of hunger is going to influence the thoughts that you have because you get this feeling of hunger starting to creep up and then all of a sudden you have a thought about you know getting up and going to have food all right so a lot of thoughts can be um influenced by different feedback that you're receiving from the internal physiology of your body however your thoughts can also 
be reflective of the information that you're receiving from your external environment. For instance, you know, your, your hearing, your sight, your taste, your smell, all of those things, right? And so ultimately, I want you to understand that a lot of the thoughts and feelings that you're having are almost like bits of information that are being processed within your mind, within your nervous system. And so a moment ago, I said that uh, unconscious goals and desires can exist within your life. And that means that there is uh, information being processed, bits of information being processed within your mind or your nervous system that you are unconscious of. And you're probably sitting back thinking, yeah, well, I'm not conscious of, you know, when my body is digesting food or I'm not conscious of when my blood sugar starts to drop or I'm not conscious of when my breathing slows down, all of those things. And, yeah, there's a lot of processes in your uh, body that are happening that you're unconscious of. There's also a lot of processes that you can also become conscious of. But there's a reason why you're not conscious of everything that's occurring at any one point. It's because like you would probably just, uh, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure of what would happen because ultimately human consciousness has evolved over the years and, uh, you know, what it our knowledge of what consciousness was even just, you know, a hundred years ago is completely different to what it is now. And, you know, humans have evolved the way in which they can think. So maybe at one point in the future, we could be, we could be conscious of more things. However, right now it would be quite overwhelming for the most, the majority of people. All right. But in relation to conscious and unconscious mind, it's like our conscious part of our mind or a conscious part of our nervous system, we're only really conscious of anywhere between 3 to 7% of what is going on within our body and life, all right? So, you know, listening to this, you might be driving a car, you might be sitting in your office, you might be going for a walk or whatever it might be. Um, you know, you'd be conscious of the sound coming through the podcast, but you may not be conscious of the feeling of your back against a seat. But now that I said it, you will be conscious of it. So there's different things that your mind will filter out of your consciousness, all right, that in the moment it doesn't seem like important information, so your mind just filters it out of your consciousness, all right? And so at any one point uh, with current research, it suggests that we're only really conscious of nine bits of information at any one time. All right. And un- that means unconsciously, you would be, you know, there's millions of bits of information that can be processed. And therefore, when it comes to behaving your way to optimal health, it's really challenging to try and overpower unconscious uh patterns of behavior it can be really hard to try and shut those unconscious patterns of behavior down it's really hard to compete with those unconscious patterns of behavior because the conscious mind is not as strong as the unconscious mind unconscious mind can process millions of bits of information at any one point and makes up you know 93 to 97 percent of the total amount of information being processed within the nervous system compared to the conscious mind that 
you know, can only be conscious of at this point in time. Our research suggests nine bits of information at any one time or three to seven percent of the total amount of information being processed within the nervous system. And therefore, it can be really challenging to try and overpower that unconscious mind, which is why making changes to your unconscious mind is the only way to transform your way, your, your health or your life or any area of your life to change, make changes in your unconscious mind. And, you know, there's many, many ways that you can do that. For instance, when I'm working with clients, uh, you know, I've studied uh, quite a numerous amount of fields of, uh, you know, fields of change work, you could say, of hypno- hypnotherapy, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, practitioner um and you know many other things right and um you know you can make changes on an unconscious level instantly when you know how however for the majority of people and you know if that's something that you can you want to explore you know seek out a uh experienced practitioner or therapist or uh whatever in that field of work or you know obviously reach out to me as well and those changes can happen instantly all right however for the majority of people listening to this podcast and you know to really lay the foundations moving forward as well in your life it's important to understand that you have to behave the way to optimal health you know you have to behave the way to whatever result you want in your life you know even even when i'm working with a client we can make changes on unconscious level instantly and have huge transformations you know, instantly. However, that also needs to be backed up with through behavior. You know, there's no point making it uh, an unconscious change in a person's behavior uh, or within their life if they're not going to be back that up with actions that are going to support it. All right. It's almost like uh, you know, I've worked with clients before who have uh, had this negative self-image about themselves, and you know, even if they weren't necessarily obese they've had this um self-image that you know alludes to the fact that they are obese and so we can change that self-image you know quite quite quickly and effectively however you know if that person is now seeing themselves as a very athletic person but they're not backing that up with athletic behavior then you know they won't necessarily reach the true potential that they have available to them all right and um so behavior is critical behavior is absolutely critical all right so essentially you can't can't really overpower the unconscious mind with conscious mind however what you can do is you can exercise your will and what we're going to dive into in a moment is i'm going to share with you the self-directed change cycle and ultimately what that means is you know We've discovered now that unconscious desires and goals ultimately drive where we're putting our our attention, you know, what we're taking action on. If we're taking action on something, that means we're going to have our attention on whatever it is, right? And so our, our goals and desires influence the uh, way in which we put attention on things in life, all right? And then ultimately... All right, those goals and desires come from our uh, unconscious 
mind, our conditioned mind, and that is called the self, all right? And so the self contains all of the experiences that have occurred within a person's life. And so those experiences will influence those goals and desires which influence where a person puts attention or what things they put attention on in life. And ultimately, what you put attention on in life will then change or revalidate the self. All right, and this is why people can get get stuck in these huge life ruts where they are completely unconscious of their goals and desires. They completely uh, and they you know put their attention on all of those unconscious goals and desires, and they fulfill all of those behaviors and actions coming from those old goals and desires, and that revalidates who they are as a person and their self image and uh, ultimately forming their self. And their self then, the con- which is the conditioning, conditioned part of you, all right, that just feeds back into your goals and desires. And so people can get stuck in these loops of uh, uh, loops and ruts in life, these life ruts, where they just do more and more of the same. But what you need to know is you can exercise your free will at any point. And, you know, there are some psychologists out there and people in the quantum science field who say that we don't have free will and maybe that's true, maybe that's not true. However, what I do know is you can change. You can choose to change. You can choose to do something new in your life. I've done it. I know many other people who have done it. I've helped many other people do it. And therefore, for me, I know that you can do it. You can change. And all it takes is a choice, all right? You choose to do something new. And so when it comes to behaving your way to optimal health, it's like that is a choice. That is something that you choose to do. When you choose to put attention on something and you choose to show up and do that new action or that new behavior, then what happens with the self-directed change cycle is you can choose to put your attention on something else. And when you choose to put your attention on something else and behave that repeatedly, that changes your conditioned self because you are reconditioning yourself. You are reconditioning yourself. And therefore, when you recondition yourself, you therefore change your unconscious goals and desires. And therefore, because you change your unconscious goals and desires, it means that you reorganize and reprioritize where you put your attention. And the more that you reorganize where you put your attention, then the more that you transform yourself. And so you can see that we can't directly come up against our unconscious mind. However, what we can do is by consciously changing where we put our attention, we have this flow-on effect <clears throat> Excuse me. This flow-on effect that does impact our unconscious goals and desires. So, if you've listened to this podcast thus far, I hope that you can see the potential that you have in your life by changing where you put your attention. If you'd like to explore where this uh, system could actually take you, I have an invitation for you. So, I have a program available online. Okay, that specifically helps 
people just like you, if you've listened to this podcast this far, peeps helps people just like you, you know, recondition yourself and behave your way to optimal health. And not only behave your way to optimal health, when you do that, you create so much momentum in your life that there are so many other flow-on effects that you will experience that you may not even be conscious of now. And so if you'd like to explore that further or even have a conversation with me, below this podcast, there'll be a few links available for you. So I encourage you to check those out. And if you haven't yet checked out my uh, blog on my website and explored my website, I highly recommend that you do that. And if not, I'll see you on another episode of the Inspired Thrive podcast. And just remember, the only way to experience optimal health is behave your way there. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Inspired to Thrive podcast. If you got value from this episode, you can support the show by investing a small amount of your time to give me a five-star rating and written review, then share this episode to your story and tag me at Daniel underscore Garbett. If you want to learn how you can accelerate your journey towards better health, wealth, and relationships, You can find out more on the social media and website links below. Until next time, just remember you are either living life by someone else's design or you can learn how to live a life by your own with purpose, on purpose.